before we start today's episode, before we get into the ad reads and the music, I just wanted to give a quick thank you to everyone um, who's on the front line trying to put these fires out to make sure that the province of Nova Scotia stays intact. Um, I'm hearing terrible stories of people losing homes, losing businesses, even losing pets. I just couldn't imagine. Um, This province has been through a lot in the past you know, four to five years. And one thing I know we're better at than a lot of other people is coming together as a community to help those in need. The options I've seen for help online has been tremendous. Make sure to use the support in your community with friends and other family. It's tough right now to to do a podcast. Not tough. It's just, it's it's hard to have a a sense of humor and, and laugh and and have a good time, but it is my job to entertain, so I'm going to try to do that to the best of my ability for the next hour, and hopefully bring you guys at home a little bit of joy as well, and maybe you can forget the circumstances for a minute, and um, and I can put a smile on your face. It's my job, and other people's jobs are a lot harder than mine, especially the ones that are putting out those fires right now all across the province. So once again, thank you to everyone Um, who is making sure that these fires get put out and uh, Nova Scotia stays intact and and, and we can move forward. Um, Yeah, I'm speechless right now. So thanks to everyone. We're going to get through this. Nova Scotia strong, maritime strong. On the first part of the journey, I was looking at all the life. There were plants and birds and rocks and things. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Belanger. Today's episode is brought to you by ProLineStadium.com, Atlantic Canada's home field for great sports betting. It's a great time of year to be a sports fan, and it just got even better with this new ProLine offer where you can earn up to $50 per week in parlay tokens. Now, until June 25th, every wager of $15 or more on a three-pick parlay on ProLine, Stadium Bets, or Fantasy will earn you a $10 tokens token that can be used on any sport. Tokens must be used on a parlay of three or more picks and expire July 31st. Bet on ProLine all season long at ProLineStadium.com or download the ALC app. Must be 19 years of age or older. Please play responsibly. Today on the High Button Podcast, we have a good buddy of mine, Morgan Barron. I'm pretty sure this is Morgan's third episode on the show. He was he came on, I think, back when I was doing the podcast in my mom's basement. Um, Morgan plays for the Winnipeg Jets in the NHL, had 70 games played this year, put up 21 points, and helped Winnipeg have a very successful season, bringing them to the playoffs as well. Uh, Bones is there as well, being the the head coach of Winnipeg. And you couldn't ask for a better glue guy on a team I'm pretty sure in the NHL every time he comes over he just has a positive attitude he's so grateful for everything that uh, that has come his way and when you talk about professional hockey especially in the NHL all you need is reps and you need opportunity but when those opportunities come you just have to be ready to take advantage of them and every time I think of Morgan it's just the guy who's risen up to the opportunities that have been put in put in front of him excuse me um, on the National Hockey League level um, he's fit in really well with Winnipeg I'm um, really excited to talk to him about what uh, what his thoughts, I guess, are on the past year and also his uh, horrific injury over his left eye, on his left or right eye, I forget what it was, 57 stitches, could have been more, could have been less, who knows what the actual number was, we'll get it from him, um, but stay tuned, great episode ahead, okay, Morgan Barron, I'm Justin Belanger, here we go, you know what comes next. Mr. Morgan Barron, welcome back to the show, brother. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. I was saying on the intro, you were on this podcast when I was in my mom's basement. <laughs> so 
three, maybe four years later to have you back. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. It's good to be back. And like I said, the studio looks looks awesome. You guys did a lot of good stuff with it. So appreciate cool. it. How are you? I've been good. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Life's good. It's uh obviously just getting going, kind of my summer routine now and everything's getting back to normal and uh, a little bit of a chaotic few days, I guess, for everybody in Nova Scotia. But yeah. Um obviously other than that it's uh it's good to be home and hopefully we can kind of move past this fire stuff soon. is your family safe are you safe yeah. everyone yeah. yeah we've been fortunate in terms of the area we're in we've been lucky but it's crazy this i mean it's the hockey community small here so you know know lots of people and guys in the gym are working out with and stuff who's had their homes burned down so it's it's terrible it's too bad kind of a, a grim note to start the podcast on i guess but. yeah I, I mentioned something at the beginning before we started at the intro just there's a, like the hockey community is really don't get me wrong the community in general is great here but the hockey community is great as well mm-hmm. people are coming together to donate um hockey gear to people out in tassa community that lost their hockey gear and, and fires yeah. so it's really cool that people are just coming together just to make sure that we rebound from it it's makes you feel a little bit more proud to be from here absolutely yeah, yeah. it's amazing um but the to after the season what did you do you said you were in europe yeah i went over to france for a couple of weeks and, oh nice yeah i went over with a few guys on the team actually and then our uh, my girlfriend came over for for a little while so it was nice to get away from everything for a bit and um you know unwind i feel like that's kind of an important uh step in the process before yeah. you get going and get right back into the grind because really it doesn't stop once we get training for the summer it picks up pretty quick again so just took a couple of weeks off and um it was nice just kind of break up the the off season for sure how did you speaking of just like you know the grind of it how did you find the canadian media compared to the american media during the year mm-hmm. is, is that did you notice a difference or no uh definitely a little bit i mean even in i and i i I never say I was in like New York full time, you know, like I was obviously up and down a lot that year I was there. So, um, there's bits and pieces I got of it, but that's a pretty intense media market in its own right. It's just different because it's the size of the market and in Winnipeg, especially is a lot smaller, but hockey's the main focus there where, you know, in New York, you got a million different things going on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, you know, your center of the spotlight a lot and, um, when things aren't going quite as well as they, as you would like them to go, you definitely hear about it from the media and people talking about it and stuff. So, um, you try your best to just kind of push it off and, and not worry about it too much. Did, uh, did you get any advice at the beginning of the year from Bones, your coach? He's from mm. our backyard here. Was it nice having that, that figure there as your head coach or is it not really a friendly relationship? It's more of a coach player relationship. I, I think it, it you ask any of the players who have played for bones or ask him, like, I think he would say all his relationships are friendly, right? Like very, very, uh, communicative, like in touch, wants to get to know you. Actually, he just called me there today to make sure my family's okay. So it's like little things like that. I think it goes a long way for, for being comfortable around a coach. And I mean, there's obviously a, a balance between, um, you know, having that relationship with the players and also being able to hold them accountable. And, um, for me, I thought he did a great job of that. Like he was, he was a blast to play for and, um, you know, obviously things didn't end the way quite we would have liked them to, but, um, you know, I know it's a challenge for him and he's just a real good man. So it, it is a pleasure to play for him and I'm looking forward to doing it again next year. Arguably one of the most experienced, if not the most experienced coach in the NHL. I don't mm-hmm. know anyone else that has, I think he is, has the most. I think it was like 2,600 games behind the bench, which is like an incredible accomplishment. Like it's, it's a lot of hockey and then obviously he played for a while yeah. too, so it's pretty cool. They had to be in that league for that long. That's something that you got to look up to for sure. That's mm-hmm. great. Absolutely. Um, I was looking at your DB before you came here and you had 70 games played and even going back to Cornell, even before that, you've never played like 70 games played in one year. That's a mm-hmm. lot of hockey. How did the body, the mind, everything hold up uh, during the season? Yeah, pretty good, all things considered. You know, I mean, it's definitely a grind, but I think you come to appreciate the other part of it is like the practices aren't quite as long. Um, obviously, in the NHL, you get the top of the line treatment. So anytime you need anything, you're, they're looking after you very well. So, um, you know, it was just a blast. Like it, it kind of feels like for me, like you said, my seasons at Cornell, for example, were like 30 games, 35 games, maybe. So kind of felt like I played like three whole different seasons, right? Really? Yeah, just when you break it up at Christmas and then kind of the all-star break, it, it very – I can almost, like, segment it in my mind. Um, but it was fun, man. Like, it's it's every other day you're pretty much going for a game. And if you have a bad game, it's great because you know you have another game in two days, right? Yeah. So 
um, that part of it I really enjoyed. It was a good challenge, and yeah, it's tough for the body to hold up, but all things considered, to get in 70 for me this year was was pretty good. I was out with uh, a little hand injury at the start for a little bit, but aside from that, there wasn't any major hiccups. So. Is it true that when you're going through a regular NHL schedule, you don't know what day of the week it is? It's just game day or not game day? <laughs> yeah, is that true? no idea. Really? Yeah, I mean, like sometimes weekends you might know or something like that, but um, very confusing <laughs> in terms of the days of the week or even like... Uh, I mean, I was always bad with knowing like the date, the actual like numbered yeah. day of the month, but that stuff gets, uh, it's just, there's a lot going on and especially our, our travel in Winnipeg is pretty intense with the central division. It's just, it's a lot, a little more flying than you would get on the East coast. Yeah. So we're just, I know if it's a travel day, a practice day, an off day or a game day. What are some of the routines that you like to get into when you have a, a 70 game season? You know, mm. it's, it's a little bit tougher when the seasons are shorter, but 70 games played, you must have a little routine. Yeah, I do my best to mix it up, to be honest. I mean, you'll, you'll see some guys who have the same same ritual, you know, every game day. And it's, uh, I, I feel like I used to be like that in college when it's 30 games and you want to, you know, you're waiting for Saturday or you're waiting for Friday for your game. And then, you know, your routine you're going into, but it gets old after 70. Does it? So, yeah. So I would always try to mix it up. I mean, you're waking up at the same times and I'm a big napper on game days too. So I usually shut it down for a couple hours, yeah, which yeah. is always nice. But, um, you know, similar foods, I guess, would be another one. But, I mean, even for me, it was like the practice days because, you know, as busy as we are, sometimes you get home and it's like 1 o'clock and, you know, you, you got to fill the rest of your day with something. But you're also exhausted from the games and the practices. So, <laughs> for me, it was always – I, I love being in Winnipeg for many reasons, but uh, the time zone is awesome for watching sports. So, it would be yeah. like – especially if Justin was playing, 6 o'clock his game would come on and I can kind of cook dinner and do that. So, the, I guess my biggest routine was probably doing that, watching a little hockey and being able to cook and, um, you know, get into a routine that way. And it sometimes felt though, felt like those meals were few and far between because you're so busy on the road and stuff. But yeah. that was always nice for me to kind of settle in. Was there ever a debate this year between the Baron family of why are you going to Justin games more than Morgan's <laughs> games because he's a little bit closer? Was there ever a, come yeah. on, guys, you got to fly out to Winnipeg? Yeah, they came out a few <laughs> times. My parents did. Uh, I understand it. He's uh, Montreal's a pretty cool city and um it's close it's an easy flight for them so they actually they have a direct flight to winnipeg halifax oh, do that route in the summers but not in the winter oh, yeah. believe it or not not too many people want to fly out there in the middle of the winter <laughs> so um yeah it's a little tougher for them to get there but they came out and got to a few games for both of us and got to see us play against each other which was fun what car are you driving out in winnipeg you must have something big to get through the winter yeah it's, it's actually a little truck it was like a rental ahead this year okay um but yeah, it, you know, it was actually pretty mild winter by oh, Winnipeg yeah. standards, I guess. Um, it was pretty intense for what I was used to, but um, no, they do a good job plowing the roads. And if I if my truck can't get through it, somebody else has a bigger truck to can, so you kind of do that. What's the room like in Winnipeg? It, you know, being out there, I guess you have to have, uh, you know, a close community of, of guys within the team to, mm -hmm. I guess, come together. You said the hockey team's the only team out there. It's the biggest show in the city. Yeah. Is it nice just to have a good group of guys? You said, like, New York, you have so many other things to do. Maybe the team's a little bit separate. Yeah. Was it nice having a close camaraderie with the group of guys? Yeah, it was fantastic. And, like, even going on the road, right, like, everybody's everybody's out and doing stuff together and happy to be around. And, if you, you know, if you're in Florida or Vegas or wherever, you get a chance to get some sun, so... Um, it was an awesome room. It's, it's a good mix of older guys, younger guys. You know, I, I think you probably get some dressing rooms of teams that are maybe rebuilding and it's all younger guys or teams that are really, um, filled with vets and stuff. But I loved the mix we had, um, lots of awesome guys and, you know, people you look up to and guys I've been watching play for a long time. Right. So it's pretty cool to get in there and just get to know them and, and really get to know them on a personal level. And, um, for me personally, like the difference between, not going up and down a lot throughout the year, like actually being settled in and on the team for the full year was awesome, right? You get to be around the guys. You're not missing uh, missing experiences or stories or whatever it is. So it was pretty cool. How, how do you go through that in your head during the year? Was there a conversation with a coach, with your agent, like, look, Morgan, you're here to stay? Like, How did that go about from the behind-the-scenes aspect? Uh, well, it was the first first year I made a team out of camp, right? So you kind of know you're, you're – and everybody's healthy in camp, generally speaking. So you kind of know you're in a spot um you never get too comfortable but um you have a general idea right like if, you, if you're struggling for a week or two then maybe you know it's time to go have a conversation with someone or or whatever it may be or you know when you're playing well enough you're in the lineup every night you know that things are going well so um you know it was never really too much of an issue for me in the back of my head this year I was Good. always I was confident enough that I was going to be there to play and that I was contributing in, in meaningful ways so it was 
it was a lot of fun just to carve out a role and you know really feel a part of it and be supported by all the guys in the room it was pretty cool how do you look at it do you look at it like a reward for all the hard work you've put in over the past well your whole hockey mm-hmm. career or did you look at it in a different way like how did you approach it you know it's funny i probably haven't really uh reflected on it as much as i maybe should or could have right like it, things are moving so fast and um you know there's definitely times where you kind of look around and realize like this is this is the dream that i've been yeah. wanting to get to my whole life and uh, this is the first year where you kind of live it in live it full time. You're a part of it all the time. So, um, you know, maybe it's a good practice. I should do some exercise kind of <laughs> reflecting on my, my gratitude for that. But, um, things move so fast. You almost don't think about it too much. I like it. In, in terms of like, uh, professionalism, I, I've heard so many quotes, like we talked about routine a minute ago. Mm-hmm. Um, some people love a boring routine. Some people like to switch it up, whatever it may be in terms of like professionalism and, and being consistent throughout the year. What's one thing that you learn from maybe a teammate, a coach, whatever it may be of just keeping your games consistent. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I've probably learned more um, from my teammates this year than I ever thought I would, right? Like so many guys who have, we've, we've had multiple guys in our dressing room who've played a thousand NHL games and guys who have been, you know, really high picks and have had these uh, taking off at the beginning of their careers, right? And guys who were late picks are undrafted and worked their way through. So it's really like, I, I found this year was awesome for just being able to gather so much information from guys and whether it's even a tidbit or a little anecdote from someone. And is it more watching or is it asking? Like it's a little it, bit of both. A little bit of both. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's just like a casual conversation over dinner where somebody talks about, you know, a certain teammate they had or a coach they played for. Right. And there's so much stuff, but, um, you know, I think for me, the biggest thing was like, just always trying to find a way to make an impact on a game. Right. Like I feel like there was times in my career where it's like, I go out there and, I, maybe I play a game and I don't do anything bad. I didn't have any turnovers, but I also didn't do anything good. Didn't do anything to stand out. You know what I mean? Uh, um, and it's easy to get stuck into that, especially when you're, you're growing up and down or you're trying to break into the league or whatever it is trying to get scouted. And you're just like, I, I don't want to turn a puck over. I don't want to screw this up. And, um, for me, that was, that was a little bit of a learning curve of like, listen, you got to find a way to, to make a difference in a game because at the end of the day if you're just one of those players who's going out and skating up and down the ice like there's 20 other guys in the american league who can do that and there's 20 other guys in the east coast league who can do that and they're all over the place so um that was a learning curve for me is just really really trying to figure out a way to make an impact on a game one way or another at all times and you know there's some uh, some sorts of season where i really felt like i did that and others where you kind of get into a little bit of a rut but Overall, looking back on it, I think that's a lesson I'll kind of carry with me for the rest of my career. That's great. Really well said. I like that answer. Yeah. Um, post-game workouts. Yeah. What, what are the point of those? What, what, what does that do? I've just seen them a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's different for every guy. Some guys have go in there and love throwing weights around. Some guys will go in and just kind of get on the band work. And um, yeah, I think it's just a way to kind of keep the body fresh. And it, it almost sounds like counterintuitive, right? You just played a game yeah. and now you're going to go work out. But I wouldn't say they're grueling workouts all that often. Sometimes if maybe you didn't play play as many minutes as you normally do, you might get on the bike and uh, just trying to keep your cardio at the level. But our season's so packed when you're playing 82 games that, you know, there's not like a three-day break and you can get a good workout in the middle. Yeah. Um, or if you have an off day the next day and then you have a game right after that, the day, the day after, then it's like you don't want to come in and ruin your only off day where you can really get a chance to rest. So I think it's just really more so trying to stay healthy, right? Like mm. you're not really getting stronger in most cases during the season most of that work would probably come in the summer but you're trying to maintain and stay healthy what about like weight do you still do you try to like eat, maintain your weight you're a big boy like what are physical you? Weight? yeah well no like yeah i guess sure like, but like when i'm stepping on the scale you're talking about like i've just yeah the scale like yeah. i've heard at the beginning of the year you could be 250 then by playoffs you're just two on the dot so i i actually go the other way i oh, usually yeah. put on weight during the season <laughs> i'm not sure why oh. um I usually, I'm about 220 right now, and I'll creep into the 225 to 230 range sometimes during the year. Whoa. Yeah. Guys tell me I don't look that heavy. I think that's a good thing. Oh, no, you look good. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I usually surprise some guys when I step on the scale, but I, I mean, I also eat a little bit, well, I shouldn't say a little bit more. I eat a lot more <laughs> during the season. Like, okay. Sometimes I'll make up a plate at the start of the summer of like just out of habit the same portions I would eat during the season and I get halfway through it and <laughs> I can't do it. So <laughs> burning less calories, I guess, right now than you would be when you're playing games and practicing and all that stuff. So maybe that's it. But it's, it, keeping the weight on is, hasn't really been an issue for me. I, I skipped the question, um, the, the, hence the workout after the game. How mm-hmm. much time do you have in between 
the game's over and you got to be on the plane to go to another city how much time is in that period it's pretty tight so then yeah. that workout's quick then yeah it's literally like get undressed get in the gym i mean sometimes it's literally like 10 or 15 minutes and try to do something and if it's a back-to-back you're probably not working out you're just stretching or doing whatever you need sometimes you might need to get treatment and but (laughs) things move quick like you're uh you're probably from the time uh you might have 40 minutes to get undressed and and do your workout stretch and shower and change around there 40 yeah and if you have an off day the next day it might be a little more time right it it always changes but i would say that's probably ish 40 to an hour was it interesting going into MSG this year wearing another jersey? Mm-hmm. I actually did it at the end of last year too. I got called up, so it was, oh yeah, it was a little bit easier this year, I think. Um, and they've had turnover there, so there's some guys you know and some guys you, I've never even met. And oh, yeah, um, but it's fun. Like it's it's a fun place to play. It's obviously a great road trip. I think we were there in New York City for like five days this year. So um, yeah, we we had a good chance. I got to see some of my buddies and uh, a lot of my friends from school live there too. So it was kind of just a good chance to reconnect with everyone and um a really fun rink to play in obviously so it was uh it was a lot of fun when we beat them this year which is pretty cool there you go yeah is there a little bit of motivation when you play new york yeah a little bit i mean like i, I try not to get too fired up about it yeah it's not uh, personal no you know no of course not and i find if i get too emotional about it i usually don't play as well anyway yeah. so um and i mean it happens to so many guys right like when it happens to you it feels like you you you're the only one who's like had this experience. Right. But then you, you talk to guys who've been traded four or five times and it's like, it's part of the business. Yeah. Like it, it is what it is. And I think especially for me, like it, it was the best thing that could happen to me just to get into a fresh space and uh, just have a little more space to grow. Didn't you and Justin get traded in the same month? Same like, day. Same day. Yeah. Yeah. Talk yeah. about that. Yeah. It was funny. I was, uh, we were in Hartford. I had just been sent down probably a week ago and, um, I was golfing with some of my buddies. It was the first day the golf course is opened and we had like two or three days off. So he kind of had an idea he might get moved. Like he had been warned, um, because obviously Colorado was going for it and, um, he was one of the younger prospects and everything. So he kind of had an idea it might be happening. And I remember him calling me, I was, I don't know, maybe on like the 10th or 11th hole and it was maybe an hour or two to the deadline. And he's like, yeah, I just got called off practice. Like I'm getting traded. I don't know where, whatever. And then he found out it was Montreal maybe like 30 minutes later. And I was like, that, you know what? Like, that's actually pretty cool. Like, that's awesome. You, you get a new opportunity. He's like, I'm going right to the NHL. So he's excited about that. He's going to get to play some games and be up. And I, not that I was like jealous, but there's part of me that's like, it, it's obviously emotional to get traded, but like, it's exciting, you know, you oh, get yeah. a new opportunity. Um, and then a few more holes go by. And I think the deadline had actually closed. Like, and, uh, maybe it was like an hour after the deadline closed and we were following along what the Rangers were doing. Right. Cause we were their farm team and you could see all these guys getting traded and you saw the Andrew Cobb trade and it just said for whatever it was, a few picks and a prospect. And none of us knew who the prospect was. Yeah. Of course, I mean, not thinking it's going to be me. I had no idea. And then I was lining up a pot on the 17th <laughs> hole and the phone, the phone rang once and we all started kind of looking at each other and we're like, do you have your phone on you? Like, is yours on silent? Where's yours? And we figured out it was mine, and I was like, oh, whatever, and I'll get it in a second. And then I started lining up the putt again, and then it rang again. And that's when they were like, okay, you better go run to the phone. And uh, and it was the GM in New York, and I called him back. And, um, yeah, he's – I mean, the the trade calls are obviously pretty quick, right? It's you're getting moved, and thanks for everything. And um, Kevin Sheveldayov, the GM in Winnipeg, is going to call you, so – (laughs) <laughs> it's always funny like uh michael larry was out there with me he was in hartford with yeah. me so he was around for it and um uh, then the next day you're kind of packed up and moving and on to new opportunities so it was pretty cool for me and justin to at least kind of be able to lean on each other right and talk to each other and obviously different experiences because i think he knew he might have a, a higher chance of getting traded and i didn't really yeah i mean you're, there's always a chance but i wasn't thinking about it as much heading into it but um like I said, I, I wouldn't have traded anything for the world. It was kind of a fun experience looking back on it, kind of funny story, and get to new opportunities. So, Did you make the putt? <laughs> I did not make the no. putt. I don't even think it was close. <laughs> the boys actually made me go back and putt it because we were playing a match, and I was like, "You guys, like, what are we doing here, man? <laughs> My hands are like shaking. Your mind's racing in a million directions. And and then uh, that, that was the end. I don't think I played the last hole. I was you didn't play the last there. hole? You are uh, like, I got to get out? I might have hit a tee shot, but then all of a sudden, like, your agent's calling, my parents are calling, like, the GMs are calling, or the GM of, I went to the Manitoba Moose for about a week, so yeah. he was calling me, and 
then you're trying to get your travel ticket set and he's like boys i gotta make power here i'll give you a call back yeah. just give me one sec yeah there's a there's a few priorities to take care yeah, of before i hit the shot but yeah wow what a whirlwind of uh of a couple years for you yeah it's been crazy i feel like i've been all over the place and uh you know two very different markets you go from uh, yeah. <laughs> new york city to to winnipeg it's probably about the biggest uh or the most drastic change you can find but um I mean, two special places to play, like very different, but very unique and both have these like amazing parts of them. So do you think it's helped your career getting the trade? Yeah, I think so. For I mean, like just the opportunity, like, even once I got to Winnipeg, I think I was with the Moose for about a week and then got called up and finished the year in Winnipeg. So to get those, like, I think I played 15 games at the end of the year and it was my most productive time in the NHL to that point. And I was playing a few games in the top six and just opportunities I hadn't necessarily got in New York. And it's different situations too, right? Like Winnipeg wasn't going to make the playoffs that year. New York was pushing uh, and they went on a great run. So I think it was good for me. And, you know, it's uh, it's a lot different, but um, it's been a lot of fun and I'm grateful for both the experiences. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great to hear. Um, moving into next year and this summer, what's your plan? Do you want to get stronger? Is it just to maintain what you have right now? Mm when you leave, what do they call exit meetings? Yeah. Um, what are they saying? Yeah. I mean, for me, the biggest thing is obviously staying healthy, I think becomes a priority once you get here. And I, I, I always tested well in the fitness testing and things. So, um, I don't think like getting stronger, you can always get stronger and I will, but for me, it's more about like maintaining that, maybe tightening up some of like the groin muscles, little things like that. So yeah. you can really stay healthy the whole year. And then, I mean, getting on the ice and getting faster is always going to be the priority, right? Like, I'd like to work on some goal scoring stuff. I feel like I had tons of opportunities this year. And, um, you know, it's kind of the exciting part too, right? Like, I feel like I'm just kind of scratching the surface and I have all this space I can grow. So, um, yeah, there's tons of things. But, um, yeah, I'm up for contract. This is the first time I'm going to have to get a new contract. So, that's going to be exciting. There's a lot of stuff going on. It's going to be cool. And lots of fun but i'm uh, this is the earliest in the summer i guess i've had the itch to you know be back on the ice and oh, get yeah? back to winnipeg yeah there's always i mean it always comes faster than you expect but with the way things ended this year i think everybody was kind of like wanting to get back wanting to jump right back into it and, yeah um you know i'm already i'm already excited to get back and get going that's awesome yeah. when you talk about goal scoring i think of kyle connor put up 80 points this year yeah. and i had buddies that like played in the queue and that you know they played against mckinnon or they played against uh uh, who else like Shaw and you're just like I always ask them like you know like what's so good about them like on mm. the ice like how do they put those numbers up and they always have like the, a similar answer it's like you don't even notice it they just do everything correctly it's not that they're an incredible goal scorer they just know how to be in the right place the right time and they know how to put the puck in the net how, yeah. how does it feel watching these guys like Shifley and just putting up these points and being on the ice with them do you have the same answer it's just they're in the right place right time and they do everything correctly yeah I mean that, that's definitely part of it like they, these guys all see the game so well right and like you look at some of these guys and it seems like they're they're burying you know half their goals half of their 40 or 50 goals right around the net and it's like well why can't I get yeah. that bounce yeah you know and the, but you realize like they're so smart and so cerebral they know when to be in the right spot and they're so that, that's obviously part of it. But then there's another part of like, they have some freakishly amazing abilities. Like uh, when I think of Casey or uh, Kyle, it's, it's a shot, like an insanely fast release where you might be watching him and you're not like, it's the hardest shot I've ever seen or anything, but just the way he, he goes from stick handling or creating the puck. And the next thing you know, like he doesn't wind up anything. It's off his stick and it's gone and he's beating goalies low. He's beating them high. He mixes up his shots. So, I mean, and, and Shife's no different. Like his catch and release is so smooth and so quick and he hits his spots. And, um, I, you, I could go through a list of, of my teammates and it's like, everybody has these abilities that you're like, I, that's awesome how he does that. Like I need to watch and add that to my game or he, he does this very well. Like I wonder how, and you you're trying to collect yeah, all the information, yeah. but, um, it's just, yeah, it's cool watching them play. And we have a lot of guys like that, right? Like Morrissey had an unbelievable season this year and, hellebuck and goal like these guys are just like they've been in the league forever and they've accomplished so much already and it's just fun to watch them play and get to know them and try to pick those things up from their games do you ever pinch yourself in practice or in a game you're like whoa hmm. i'm here a little bit more at the start yeah like now now, now i get... feel like i'm a part of it right and like i said I, I feel like this year more than years in the past i've kind of built a level of confidence where it's like i i know what i'm 
I have a better idea of what I'm capable of. Like, I feel like I belong. I feel like I, I have all this space to grow. So that's the exciting part of it for me. Like it's, and maybe that's why I have the itch to get back as soon as I, as soon as I did this summer. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's fun to be a part of, man. It's, uh, the whole, the whole experience, like it is important for me to kind of step back and realize how much I'm enjoying it. And, and, uh, you know, how lucky I am to be here because there's lots of kids who want to get there and, you know, obviously my own work and everything has done it, but everyone around me too, like it's, it takes a ton of dedication from everybody, your family or your support crew and stuff. Do you think stepping away from it, like going to Paris for a week or whatever it mm. was to, does that make you just appreciate it a bit more to get back on the ice? Cause after all that game, hockey, like I love hockey, but I don't know. It just seems like a lot. Like, but in order for you to come back and say, I want to get on the ice right now, just getting away help that a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think most guys would say they do something of, of that nature, right. Where they step away from for a little while and gives you a little bit of time to reflect on your season, but also like you're not thinking about hockey constantly. Cause yeah. that's what it is a lot during the year. And especially when you finish in the playoffs, it's, you know, it's hockey 24 seven on your mind for, for the entirety of the run and then a little bit after. So for me, it was good. I know the atmosphere in Winnipeg for the playoffs. It's awesome. Vegas, I don't really know too much about. What, what was it like in Vegas? Were they, do they have a fan base or is it people on vacation that are just there? They definitely have a fan base. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Because I remember going to a game uh, in college. We had a tournament there. We went and watched a game. And I was kind of curious about that. Like, was it tourists who were coming in? But, um, you know, they're, they're it's, it's, chaotic down there in like the best way it's like organized chaos it's crazy loud and and it's like a vegas show at a hockey game right like you have the uh i don't know what you called them the vegas girls or whatever behind yeah. the net and warm-ups and their they're big like feathered hats or whatever they oh, are it, it's crazy and distracting you yeah. <laughs> it, it's pretty funny like it's it's uh they do a great job with like their their in-game entertainment and everything like i don't know how to describe it best that's obviously not my department no. but it's just a fun place to play and um you know we would have liked to won a few more games there but it was uh two two unreal atmospheres like winnipeg is obviously super unique and cool and um like i, th I think a lot of guys will say in the playoffs guys who've had the opportunity to play a playoff series in winnipeg say it's like one of the best in the league so um yeah it's pretty cool we got two good places to play would have liked a few more places to play but yeah yeah, you got more hockey coming. So, yeah. what uh, what's the difference between regular season and playoffs? Obviously, from the outside watching in, it's pretty intense. But from the inside looking out, what did you notice that changed within the room, within the guys the, for playoffs? Yeah, I mean, there's just less ice to operate with. Like, uh, it seems like you have to make decisions quicker. Um, you know, there's guys take less risks. Less risks, of course. Like because it's playoffs and I think there's a little bit of that risk reward balance, right? Where guys are taking less risks on offense. So there's less turnovers. So then you're kind of getting less opportunities offensively and it just, it mucks the game up a little bit. Um, and then the physicality kind of adds to that too, right? Cause everybody's finishing every hit and um, you know, it was fun at, at times. It was obviously frustrating at times for us, you know, we lost the four in a row, but um yeah, it's definitely a different game. Like you see some of the teams that are winning this year and, and the styles they're playing. Like it it felt like at times when we were playing Vegas, we just weren't able to kind of produce the offense that we were used to producing. We weren't able to get to the net the way we wanted to. And I mean, they've continued to do that to some teams. You saw at the end of the game the other night, like yeah. it's uh they're a good team to play and or a hard team to play. And <laughs> there's, there's lots of other ones out there, right? You realize how, uh, you know, luck and, and just how razor thin the margins are and how the difference between teams. Razor thin, well put for my next question. <laughs> and you talk about getting the puck to the net when you got cut here on the <laughs> right eye. Like it was almost like the puck was covered, but yet still you just wanted that last little poke in. You just wanted just in case he it was loose, he wanted to put it in the net. Like it was crazy how it happened. Mm -hmm. It was that desperation there. Is that why like you were on your hand not you you were yeah, you were on your knees trying to plug it through the puck yeah just last second and then the goalie skate came up like was that that desperation you're talking about yeah well i, I thought i should have scored on the shot that started the whole thing did so you shoot it I, I originally shot it and then there was about a i don't know 10 or 15 second scuffle yes it was a beautiful pass from uh lowry to me and i couldn't get it off as a one-timer and friend of the show hey adam yeah there you go he uh he made a great pass to me and I probably should have buried it. And then there was a scuffle around the net and obviously it's, yeah, it's playoffs. You just want to find a puck and, and find a way to get it in the net. And, um, yeah, I mean, 
the rest of it's kind of unfortunate the way the way everything happened but well I say unfortunate I think the end result is probably the fortunate part for me right like obviously I get cut and sitting here today everything's fine so um consider myself very lucky in that part of it but it was definitely a chaotic sequence and then you know even a couple days after that was pretty pretty chaotic you seem pretty I don't want to say calm but you you left the ice in a demeanor that didn't look like you just got 57 or whatever stitches mm-hmm. it was did did you know what happened right away did you know the extent of it i guess is what i'm asking no i had no idea okay like i you didn't even go to the dressing room you just kind of well, hug in the tunnel yeah i figured he could just put a band-aid on it or something right <laughs> like i had no idea that i was cut as bad as i wasn't you're pumping on adrenaline and yeah. um you know, I was, I was lucky it was also at the start of the game because the goalie skate wasn't knocking on the post for too long, right? Like, that's something that they said to me after. But if a goalie was pushing against the post and banging against the post and the skate play gets a little jagged. and So it was a fairly clean cut. And, uh, yeah, once the trainer saw me, he's like, no, we can't put a Band-Aid over this, Morgan. Like, we're going into the room. And um, they were going to send me to the hospital because it was – they didn't want to stitch it up. And they actually had – I was lucky it was in Vegas – Again, lucky. <laughs> I feel like I've used that word like four or five times, but they had plastic surgeons at the game, and that's not um, normal, I guess, in a lot of the NHL rings. I don't even know if they were on call or if they were just there enjoying the game, but two of them came down and stitched me up, and they did a great job with it, and they also did it very quickly, which I appreciated. So um, I was lucky. My, my poor girlfriend and my parents were freaking out that I was going to have this terrible stitch job done on my because it's a big scar it's complicated to stitch and um the boys hooked me up down there so it was uh it was a lucky break was there any fight of them not letting you go back on or did they say yeah as long as you wear a full cage you're good to go they were yeah they were fine with it like obviously it was kind of like it wasn't right away before the stitching started like yeah we'll get you stitched up we'll get you back out there it was like all right we'll see how it feels we'll see how the stitch job looks we'll make sure it's not leaking because even even if it feels fine, if I'm leaking, you can't go back out there. So they kind of waited for the job to be done once everything looked good. And I mean, no, nothing. They obviously checked to make sure all my nerves and stuff were fine. And I mean, once we kind of clicked all the boxes and uh, the cage was on, then it was just kind of get back out there and um, go try to play. So it was a little weird going back into the cage. But um, like I said, it was my first playoff game ever, so I was obviously pretty excited, and I didn't want to sit in the room and miss it. But well, yeah. I was gonna say, was there even a question in your head like I'm done for the day? No, I mean, I, I don't even think I looked at it in the mirror till after the game and kind of realized what it actually looked like. And at that point, it hadn't. There was no really swelling in it yet, so I had a full field of vision, and uh, they put the freezing in it or whatever they do, to, so you don't really feel it too much. Yeah. I saw the defenseman or forward from Vegas kind of, like, hug you, and he like, was, like, talking to you. Did he, what, what did he say? I, for, I forget who it was, but... He, it was uh, Ch- that Chandler Stevenson. Stevenson. Yeah. What did he say to you? I, I don't really remember. Like, I think he was just picking me up and being like, oh, shit, like, are you okay? Um, but, yeah, I mean, <laughs> he was kind of right there to see it, and um, it was good that he... Sometimes it... it in the heat of battle, things can be pretty intense and you don't realize what's happening, but he was good to recognize it and kind of at least give me a little bit of a helping hand to get out of there safely. So how did you deal with all like the media attention afterwards? Did you just kind of laugh it off or did you just kind of go as business as usual? Cause you were getting, you know, the, the American media was all over you. <laughs> yeah. It was a little funny. Like it was, uh, it was more attention than I had ever gotten throughout the year. And I mean, it, I said to you earlier, like, it's not necessarily the thing I wanted to be, uh, to go viral for, for whatever it was a few days, but, um, they were all good about it. And I mean, it's, you know, it's, it was five minutes of media here or there. And I think eventually they figured out I wasn't, especially in the middle of the series, like I didn't want to sit there and talk about taking a skate to the face for seven days straight yeah, or yeah. whatever it was. So, um, they were, they were good about it. And, uh. Yeah, it was good. The girlfriend stayed with you. You guys are still together. Yeah, we she are. didn't leave you. Yeah, I'm lucky. I got a yeah. good one. <laughs> there you go. go yet. But she is all over me to get the scar cream and everything. On oh, yeah. I bet she's like, come on. Up. Yeah, more, more, more. Yeah, but she's been good. And uh, yeah, it was it was, uh, it was nice. I had to text her and my parents before I went in be, to actually get the stitches because I knew they'd be sitting at home watching the game freaking out. So oh, they yeah. got the warning that it was like, 
the things you don't even think of. Yeah. yeah you gotta, I wouldn't have thought of it unless one of the trainers said it to me before. He's like, like text do you want to text someone and make sure, <laughs> make sure that they know uh, you're okay? So you texted them before you went back on the ice? I texted them before they even started stitching. It was just like, no way. hey, I'm 100% okay. I'm just getting stitched up. I'm going to go back. And, Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually good awareness from like the doctor to say that. 100%. Because you... I, I wouldn't have thought of it. That's so smart. Yeah. What did yeah. Justin say? Did he chirp you? I, actually, I just saw him because he was over at World, so I just yeah. saw him for the first time there uh, two days ago, and he was on he was on the other side of it that you were. He's like, "Is, is it going to get any better? Is it going to look like that the rest of your life?" <laughs> I was like, "I don't know, man. Like, doing my best with it." So, uh, no, he he was good. He obviously texted me and said he's got. I was okay, and then wanted a picture of it and all that stuff. So, <laughs> wanted yeah. a picture of it. <laughs> of course, he did. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I feel like it's great to have another brother going through the same thing as you are, just like coming into the NHL. Mm-hmm. Like like you said, when you guys both got traded, it's just nice to have someone to be like, hey, what's your experience in Montreal? Okay, well, what are you going through in Winnipeg? And just kind of bounce ideas off each other and yeah. different stories. It must be nice. It is. It is. Um, you know, uh, and like I said before, like sometimes when things are happening, or in my case, when I got traded, it kind of feels like you're the only one in the world who's experienced it, right? And then you remember there's thousands of other players who have and you got a brother who's going through the same thing so um it is i think like the mental toll that it takes on you whether it's like getting bumped up a line pushed down a line scratch sent up called or sent down called up traded like all, all this stuff is you know it's it's always sitting in the back of your mind so to have someone else to just kind of be able to talk to about it and, and realize you know no matter what he's always going to be in my corner i'm always going to be in his corner and um, also to have someone who really understands it, right? Like as much as and sit there and talk to my girlfriend or complain to her about it, it's, it's a different, uh, it's a different lifestyle and, and having someone who's been in it. Um, I'm just really lucky to, it, to have that. Is that picture of you and him? That must be framed somewhere. Yeah. Family my, fireplace. My parents, my parents have it framed back Yeah, home. I knew they yeah, did. Yeah. They're, they're, uh, my dad was over the moon especially. And my mom was just like, I think she was probably maybe a little more overwhelmed about everything going on that weekend, but um it was fun man like it was uh it was pretty exciting and i know he beat us so that (laughs) wasn't great but um yeah hopefully we have lots more battles to come was there any opportunity to hit him on like a four check and you lit up a bit and you just like i can't do it no No, no. (laughs) i wasn't out there with him very much i know we had one face off at the end where it was actually we were both on the wall their d zone our o zone and the puck kind of squirted out towards both of us and i snapped it back on him so i got my centerman an extra (laughs) win in the face off there you go but yeah it's like it was uh i wasn't out there a ton with them which honestly is probably for the best like it's especially the first game it's yeah. just kind of avoid each other and yeah um yeah maybe i'll get a lick on them at some point i certainly don't think i would have let up so <laughs> out of boy yeah. well it was summer training do you guys push each other yeah yeah it's we a do. brotherly love thing yeah. yeah yeah and it's it's obviously not like i'm trying to hurt each other but um yeah it's it's nice to, and even in the gym whether it's weight or the golf course he gets He's pretty intense about his golf, so he's uh, oh boy. competitive with that. And I guess I am too. I he would give me crap if I uh, if I didn't say that. But um, it's nice to just have someone else kind of to push yourself against. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, this next question is for Jeff right here. He's a big Edmonton guy. Yeah. So how many times do you play Edmonton a year? Uh, I think we played them three times last year. Oh yeah, they're not in the same division. They're. No. They are. They're in the Pacific. We're in Central, but so same uh, same Conf- conference, different just not division. division. Yeah. Um, can you give us a firsthand uh, McDavid story, like on the ice, just seeing him, like some of like a movement that he does, and you're just like, that's not human. It's it just like the for me, because we would line we line matched his line at home, I think. So I was out there against him quite a bit, wow. and it was. I actually had some buddies in town and they were laughing with me after the game about it because I think my first shift I was out there for like 30 seconds and <laughs> in the ozone, whatever. And then somehow he got the puck and just started taking off and he kicked it out wide. And I ended up having to back check on him. And it's like a, it's a full like dead sprint, like 100% as hard as you can back the ice. And then you get in the D zone and I'm like gassed, I'm wiped. And he just keeps going and going and going. And it's, it's funny, like you wouldn't think that one sprint going 100% all the way back the ice is, but when you can feel him like pulling away a little bit, it it, it strikes a different chord in you where you a little bit of panic and you keep going. And um, I just, it was my first shift in the game, I think. And I remember getting off and being like just wiped, like you're sucking wind. Really? And uh, he does that stuff every shift. Like it's, it's, uh, he's, he's a special player and um, not the funnest to play against, but always a good challenge. And, we actually did pretty well. I think we were two and one against them this year. So there you go. We did decent enough against them to slow them down. I was gonna say, if you're a coach from the opposing team, like you can't get upset if he does what he does. 
Like how how are you? There, there's things that he does that you just can't contain. It doesn't matter who you are. It's just yeah. It, obviously, you can do everything you can to prepare, but it feels le- like there's a lot of guys in the league like that. Like obviously, he's he's pretty special the way he does it. But um, that's the other thing I've realized. Just like every team seems like they have one of these guys who it's just like just freak athletes and can do things that it seems like nobody else in the world can do. Right? Like you think obviously Nate McKinnon and Crosby and uh, and Marshy all from here, like you see it in the summers where they're just doing stuff and it's like, I don't know how they do it. And, um, all these guys, like I, I remember having a similar back check thing with Carlson where it's like, you try to finish a hit on him and he'll jump around you. And the next thing you know, he's gone up the ice and you're chasing. So, um, it's always a different challenge every night, but I it's, bet. it's fun. Yeah. That, that's another way to look at it too. Every night there's a world-class player on the ice Yeah, every single night. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean we, we have them in our, absolutely, and we have them in our locker room. So it's the same thing in practice, where it's like you're seeing it all around you. Yeah, know? you're surrounded by the best of the best. Yeah, that must be a cool environment to wake up to every day. Yeah, it is, and and just seeing you know that this is kind of the level where you get to where it's like nobody's really showing up to camp out of shape. You know, everybody's dialed in with their eating and they're sleeping, and like there's there's not uh, like I almost think of it like room for error, right? Like you can't really be that far off or else someone else comes in and replaces you like it's a business so um it's interesting but i I, uh you know you try to pick up on it from other guys and and they've uh they've done a good job teaching me and and some of the other younger guys it's always an interesting conversation whenever we have nhl guys on here about like how it's a dream and you have obtained that dream and you're there and you want to enjoy it but how you almost can't enjoy it because you need to focus on the discipline and the work of staying Mm -hmm. there it's such a an interesting balance of of two sides and every time we have like i said a a pro guy on here it's such a debate you want to enjoy it but you just need to stay yeah disciplined it's kind of about like finding a way to do both right because and for me it's always been like you know i I just want to be on an nhl team and then you're on an nhl team and you might be getting scratched and playing every other game and it's like i just want to be in the lineup every night it's like i just want to be on the fourth line i just want to be on the third line i just want to be on the second line i just want to be on the power play i just want to do like there's always like that other stepping stone of something to work towards and i think it's a little bit of you know if that's the only thing you're ever focused on, it can be a little bit of a drag and just mentally draining, right? You're never happy with where you are. You want to get to somewhere else. But at the same time, I, I like there's good parts in that. You want to keep moving. You want to keep improving and, and all that stuff. But it's also important to realize like, you know, the position I'm in is really cool. I've worked hard to accomplish this. I should enjoy it. I should be proud of myself. And, and to me, like those are the two, two things that like I'm trying to balance a lot. Yeah. Um, and and some guys have it figured out, some guys don't. I think everybody's kind of working towards figuring that out. Um, but it's uh, it's like those are the things you never think about that pro hockey players kind of dealing with or thinking about. And um, I think it's like probably relevant thoughts for a lot of us. It must have been a cool feeling, like not worrying about anything other than winning a cup. Yeah. Like you don't have to worry about getting sent down. You don't have to worry about being on the first line, second yeah. line. Like it just it's a rare thing. Not even in like the corporate world where people get together and they work for one common goal. It's Mm -hmm. not even just hockey, just in regular life to get together and like work for something together. It's a, that must've been a cool feeling. It is. It is like, and and you're kind of working on it the whole year, right. And dealing with being in a playoff spot and then, you know, maybe you lose and a few other teams when you're, you're out of a playoff spot. And for us, we were on the bubble quite a bit this year, but to feel everyone like pulling towards that goal was awesome. Like it's, uh, it's a difficult thing and it's rare I think in the world like you said to have everybody who like you know mo- at the end of the day most guys that's like that is everybody's end goal everybody wants to get to that because you see how hard it is to win you see guys who have played thousand games and haven't won one haven't been to the cup final some guys who haven't been to the playoffs and they've put dedicated their lives to to doing those things so um yeah, it's fun, and especially come playoff time, like as intense as it is and as grueling as it is, it's like that's kind of what you've been waiting for the whole season, right? To kind of builds up to that. So it's yeah, fun. It, it'll be a nice step next year for you. It's good that you're saying you're you're itching to get back. Do you yeah. think playoffs have something to do with that itch? It's like ooh, you got to experience something that not even a lot of pro hockey players get to experience. Like, yeah, you got to experience playoffs. Yeah, Play- does that help with the itch? Absolutely. That's like a big part of it, and you know, probably more so about the way we went out and just like wanting to play more games and I just kind of felt like I was just starting to get that taste. And then all of a sudden you're, you're done and you're in the off season. So, um, 
I feel like that's probably the overwhelming sentiment in our room. Everybody's excited to to kind of push to get back there and hopefully go further this year because, you know, I'm sure every team who gets knocked out is sitting there feeling like they could have done more if this puck had bounced our way. But, um, you know, we definitely feel like that. I think we lost in overtime in, in game three and double overtime. And you're sitting there wondering, like, maybe we're going into game four up 2-1, like, yeah. at home, what, what changes, you know? So, um, it is, I mean, you drive yourself crazy thinking about all those things at the end of the day. Um, I think we just wanted to give ourselves a better chance to kind of win that series, and we obviously didn't. Other than Justin, how much do you talk to like guys from other organizations about how their organization is run? Is that a common mm-hmm. conversation that you have with other guys or no? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Like in the summers when you're around a lot of guys who have kind of been in other organizations, um, that's probably when you hear a lot about it. And some of it's like stupid stuff, like what. <laughs> what is your hot tub cold tub set up like or how's your food at the rink like hot dogs on the plane again yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you always i mean guys talk about it and complain because this team has this and this team doesn't but we have this and i mean that's that's always how it is right like that's one thing i've learned people love to complain about something like you need something to complain about so um but yeah there's there's always guys talking about it and i think we're lucky in winnipeg we're treated really well so nice um one of the one of the boys that or i think it was my right after i got called up he's like morgan there's no such thing as a bad day in the nhl it's like you know <laughs> it's a fantastic point whether you're playing whether you're hurt whether you're scratch like you're in the nhl you should enjoy it so um we're lucky it's a great way to look at it yeah. for sure and also coming home and having the group of guys you have here to like bounce knowledge off of we yeah. had um i forget who we had on here the other day i don't know it was the other day might have been like last year and who was it Stan Henniger, I think it was, and we, he was a, an old pro and going to play in other parts of the world. It was hard to get knowledge from other people. Let's say you're going up to Quebec, mm-hmm. but back then the queue, there's not a lot of Maritimers up there, so you don't really know what's going on up in Gatineau. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just such a luxury that everyone has all the knowledge of what's going on here in this part of the world. If I want to go play hockey in Europe, oh, I know a guy that played over in Europe. He did yeah. this. It's just the knowledge is endless but compared to back then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's global sport nowadays, right? We've got guys in, in the gym who are playing in, you know, Germany, Finland, Russia, like obviously North America and the American League and the NHL and the coast. So, um, yeah, you, you can kind of hear stories from guys, how they like it, what they wish was different, what, what, uh, what they enjoyed about it. So it's pretty cool. And I mean, it's a wild journey. Like hockey's taken me and some of my friends or my family to places we probably never thought we would go. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you care if I ask just about the contract? Like, do you let your agent handle it? Do you handle it? If you don't want to answer, you don't. I can edit no. it out. No, no, no. It's, it's I mean, it's I, I wish I had. I don't have any, like, the agent kind of deals with it. And especially when the playoffs are going on, like, I don't think there's a ton that you can oh, yeah. negotiate yet. Yeah, so yeah. I think it's like a month from now. If they want to negotiate with you, they send you your qualifying offer and then you're either signing or starting negotiating. So that's fine. I've been like, I'm in the dark with it. Uh, for the most part for like another month at least yeah yeah and maybe they're negotiating behind the scenes or not i have no idea it's interesting i i i have no idea like what to expect from the whole experience so do you know how it works there's so many rules i don't even want to say laws but like every time i get him or dudes to explain to me there's so many interesting ways how a contract can work clauses yeah do you understand it all you gotta be honest Uh, no i i definitely follow it like i definitely don't understand it all okay but um generally speaking like i you know you know what someone else signs for what kind of no move clause no trade clause they have it's all public information you know what your teammates are getting and who's up for contract and stuff so i follow in that that space but i think there's uh i mean there's there's tons of stuff in the cap like buyouts and overages and all that stuff i have have no idea what's going on with that stuff (laughs) but yeah what do you look for in an agent in terms of like personality like what what did you like about your agent yeah i i think just having someone who you always know is in your corner and someone who has some pull, like knowing who else they rep. And it's a fine balance between like, you don't want a guy who's got 10 million clients in the NHL. You don't want a guy who doesn't have any. And, um, you know, I've worked with a few different ones at times in my career and everyone's been great in like their own capacity. I've been lucky with all the guys I've worked with. So, um, yeah, it's it's a crazy world nowadays. You see kids trying to get agents when they're like friggin' twelve years old. Oh, I feel dude, like we're just at the Boston Showdown, like thirteen year olds. Like, yeah, it's a- uh, again, that's all over my head and above my pay grade. <laughs> but um, 
yeah, I work with names Wade Arnett and um, works with me and Justin, obviously a few other guys across the league. And he's, I mean, I guess this is the first uh, contract he's had to negotiate. Yeah, for so me we'll see if he's yeah, we'll see if he's good. No, but <laughs> I mean the main thing is just having someone you can trust who's in yeah. your corner. I think at all times, right? Because um, you know things can probably if it was a player going back and forth, you hear about guys who have sat through arbitration cases with their teams and um, you know, you don't need to, you don't want to sit there and hear a team talk about how bad you are at this or bad you are at that. Right. So um, that's what the agent's for. Good stuff. Yeah. One thing that you uh, were surprised by, by the NHL life coming up, like, you know, Jeff and I, we, we work with minor hockey and we see these kids that have this dream to get to, to professional hockey that maybe don't have a, a, a clue of what might they, you know, maybe something they experience. What's one thing this past year, I guess, just being like, whoa, okay, I didn't know things were like that here. Yeah, I guess something on like the more difficult side, I think I touched on it a little bit, but like the mental grind of it. Uh, that's very difficult to deal with at times, right? Like you're on a three-game skid and you know you're pushing for a playoff spot and it's like it can be frustrating at times or if you're frustrated with your team's game, if you're frustrated with your own game, it's it's something like you you won't sleep as well, you probably won't eat as well, yeah. you know, like it, it kind of bleeds into the rest of your life. So finding a way to balance that is like extremely difficult because I, I think, uh, you know, a lot of people grow up and it's like if I want to get to the NHL, hockey has to be my whole life and like, the only part of my life and to me like at least who I am and from what I've experienced with most guys I've played with now is like that that's counterproductive in most cases and you see it you see a lot about like cross training in sports with young kids right like a lot of the kids who have made it and these freak athletes like they didn't grow up just playing hockey they grew up playing hockey plus soccer basketball lacrosse whatever it is like they've done other things so I mean, that's that's almost an anecdote with it, but I think it speaks to, you know, what your life has to be like away from the rink. It, it's sometimes hard to go home and just sit on your thoughts about your bad game last night for 12 hours before you go to bed. You need to find something else to do productive with your time. So that's been uh, that's been something I've learned rather quickly that you kind of need to be able to balance those things. What's your thing to be? Oh, I mean, on the road, I love going out to dinners with the guys, right? Like, and I've... Uh, I, there was a point this year where I became responsible for making reservations a lot. So it'd be always like trying to find a good restaurant. I know it sounds stupid, like, but I'd spend tons of time like trying to find a good restaurant in a certain city, right? Or trying to learn how to cook a little bit more, whether it's like reading a book or playing video games or playing cards with your buddies, like just finding something to do where you can stay away from it. And, you know, in the summer, it's like I love getting out in the golf course as much as I can. So um, there's tons of different stuff you can do, but just having something to take your mind off it, I think is important. Have you ever read a sports psychology book? Yeah. Yeah. yeah sometimes. I mean, <laughs> my reading probably isn't where I'd like it to be as much, but, um, Cornell guy, I thought it would have been <laughs> up there. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I can do a better job. I'm trying to get back into it more, but yeah, I mean, there's tons of books out there and I've read a few of them and there's so many different, uh, rabbit holes you can kind of dive down. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, prediction for the finals. You've played against both teams. What uh, What do you think? God, I mean, like... It's tough, I know. I'm sorry, but... Yeah, I honestly, I haven't got to watch much of the hockey since I came home just because the, <laughs> the time zones killed me, but... Yeah. Um, it's I'm, tough because Florida, like, no one... Yeah. It just... And, and it's... I find I'm almost biased in these things, right? Because I'll base my anecdote off of the two times I played Florida or the, well, I guess because we played them in playoffs, the seven or eight times I played Vegas and we actually did well against Florida this year, but um, they've obviously t turned a corner as of late and have figured it out. So um, I mean, my most recent experience was, was playing Vegas and they were extremely difficult to play against. I imagine it's, it's going to be interesting too, because I, at least when we were playing Florida, it seemed like this kind of high flying offensive, um, you know, lots of chances, those types of things. And then Vegas was like this, very good at suppressing chances like uber deep team where they could roll four lines at you and three d pairs so I, I have no idea i wish i had a better answer i think it's going to be a long series though i know um florida's obviously whacked a few teams pretty quickly here and yeah. vegas i think has gone what five or six in all their series but i i wouldn't be surprised at all go seven. Oh yeah yeah that would be good for the NHL. Yeah, I think so. I think well, so. It's just interesting how like the places where they're playing the games, Vegas and Florida, not like you wouldn't think the biggest hockey beds, but mm -hmm. yet Vegas is selling out. Yeah. And Florida, it's just it's it's just good for the NHL. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I, you see some people saying it's it might not be as good for like the escrow numbers or whatever cuz 
I mean, if it's Toronto in there, I imagine it's going to be more people watching. But then the other side of it is exactly like you said, like these are growing markets where people are either just getting into hockey or learning about hockey or maybe just starting to play hockey. So um, I, I think it's great. Like it's it's different markets, but um, it, it, both fun places to play. Like I love playing in Florida yeah. and in Vegas on the road. It's uh, it's pretty cool. So it's going to be interesting to watch. And I, I don't think either of them ever won a cup in their franchise history. So. It'd be pretty well, cool. Someone's getting one. That'll be sick. Yeah. What was your experience like in Arizona this year playing there? We actually played the first. Yeah, we played the first game at the rink. No way. Mullet, yeah, we because uh, they're on the road for the first like month of the year, and we uh, getting your dressing room ready. Yeah, the but away room. It was yeah. Remember they didn't have the away room set yet for the first few weeks they were there. So we saw all these pictures of them before we got there putting up like the curtains or whatever it was and. I think people were kind of making fun of it online, being like, look, there's no way it's acceptable, whatever. But we got there and it was like a, it was like we had tons of space. It was like a little weird. Like you were, it was on their practice pad. They had no ice on it. And then they, but the stalls were great. There was a ton of area to warm up and stuff. So it was, it was no fine. bad day in the NHL. No, no <laughs> such thing. So uh, it was, it was fine. Like it was uh, kind of felt like I was back in college. Yeah. 4,000 seats or whatever, but from what I understand, it's it's a fun place to watch a game right now because there's not any other rinks in the NHL where you can buy any ticket and you're like on top of the play. It feels like right, like you can hear the guys yelling at each other, you can hear people calling for pucks, like you can hear everything. So I imagine it's a pretty cool place to watch. I got a bachelor party coming up next year. I think we're going to Arizona, oh, Scottsdale. Yeah. yeah How sir. far is Scottsdale from the rink? I I'm not a hundred percent sure. Okay. I think everything there is between like, from my understanding, like an hour kind of from each other between Scottsdale and Glendale and Tempe and all that. Yeah, I don't yeah. know the area super well, but yeah, it'd be we'll see. It'd be nice, but yeah, that's a, an interesting perspective playing in front of four thousand, like yeah. seeing Sid in a four thousand seat arena. It's just it's pretty cool. It'd be nuts. I mean, yeah. David too. Yeah, it'd be crazy. You're up close with everything. Yeah, for sure. Um, weird question. I want to see if you relate to it. When I walk into rinks around here, Centennial, Cole Harbor Place, Metro Center, Shavukta, whatever it may be, rinks have a feel, a smell. Mm-hmm. Do NHL rinks have a feel and like a smell and like a, a, a different feel every time you walk into one? Like, does MSG have a feel compared to going to play New Jersey down the road? Um, yes and no. Like, I, I feel like it's probably less specific or less unique than I would get like walking into the Centennial. You know, like obviously these rinks probably have a little bit more character because they've been around longer. Like most of the NHL rinks are fairly new. Um. But there's definitely like a certain vibe you get walking into a place, whether it's like brand spank, like the uh, the Islanders rink there, UBS Arena is like this beautiful, brand new, everything is it's spacious, there's tons of space and all that stuff versus wherever else you're going. I don't know, you can go into like, uh, maybe it's like Florida, a rink that's been there a little while and you know what to expect, all the amenities are there that you would, you would need, but it's, it's just different vibe, different feel. You know what the crowds are going to be like and I think I've played in every rink now i actually i got six so i didn't play in buffalo this year but um now i've played in all the rinks and it's you kind of know what to expect going into it oh yeah but um i would say like the character of the older rinks the centennials or the forms of the world they're a little more specific and unique yeah i could walk into centennial like in september and smell it and feel like a 12 year old kid trying yeah. out yeah it's absolutely. like weird yeah for me it's like centennial is a big one uh the form when it's like sunny out and the sun's kind of coming through is always like a cool that reminds me of like doing summer skates and um we spent a lot of time at some of the other rinks around here as you can imagine so i bet did you play summer sports or was it yeah play lacrosse yeah we me and justin played a ton we were uh i think soccer was the one i held on to for the longest and i actually played in prep school in 11th and 12th grade as well oh yeah um played basketball growing up that was kind of at the same time as hockey season and then uh soccer and the cross but oh, yeah because you went to rockingham yeah mr fink yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Exactly. rest in peace yeah yeah that's good stuff i the the more we get involved in the spring hockey it's really cool i love it it's a lot of fun but like the i always go back to the reason i loved hockey growing up was because i just got to get away from it a little bit yeah it was just nice to come back to it and work hard towards it 100 percent. And, and like i said i think there's lots of research now showing that like the cross sport training can be beneficial you learn how to do different things and become more coordinated and all that stuff so i think it always benefited me yeah um one thing you're looking for how much time are we at right now an hour and five. oh dude my bad no you're oh, sure I know okay um one thing you're just looking forward to this summer uh outside of training Ooh. and golf yeah those are always the two easy answers um you got a new barbecue 
Nah, no new barbecue. I'm supposed to go up back to New York and meet up with some of my Cornell buddies at okay. some point. So I'm looking forward to that. It's always nice to see everybody. And um, especially now that guys are kind of off in their own direction and some guys are still playing, some guys are working, some guys are getting married, whatever it is. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to that weekend just to kind of catch up with everybody. Good stuff. Well, Morgan, I want to thank you for coming on, man. I appreciate your time as Absolutely. always. I'm going to be watching you this year. I wish you the best. And uh, like I said, always thanks for giving me your time in the summer. So. Yeah, absolutely. I enjoyed it. So thanks awesome. for having me on. I appreciate all your guys' support. Everyone uh, listening, um, you know, stay safe. Work. I always say work hard, you know, but right now it's just about staying safe, finding the, uh, you know, the options for help right now. And uh, we'll get through this. Everything's going to be fine. We're a strong community together and uh, we'll, we'll come out on the other end of this stronger. So thanks for listening as always. I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, we're out. Peace. I was looking at all the life There were plants and birds and rocks and things There were sand and hills and rain The first thing I met was a fly with a buzz And the sky with no clouds The heat was hot and the ground was dry But the air was full of sound I've been through the desert on a